all the desire. Oh, oh. I just want it so bad. Oh, you know. Amazing. And it just seems so real. It's right there. Just want to reach out and touch it. For what all disappears. Sometimes it feels like everything is passing me by. Every now and then it feels like my ship has gone and sailed away. But I, I gotta be strong. Gotta hold on It won't be too long Now the tide is coming in I see the waves flowing Out there on the ocean I know my ship is coming in Just at the horizon And right where the sky is Out there on the ocean Oh, my ship is coming in So don't leave me hanging I've been waiting too long For this moment My ship has Hello, hello, hello everyone And welcome to the live episode of the Butterfly Evolution Show Thank you, thank you, thank you for choosing us tonight I have my my special, special co-host uh, Rodney is out tonight Hopefully we will have our baby butterfly um, tonight or tomorrow, but she is preparing to make her way into this world. So as as our listeners know, Rodney and Tamaria are expecting, and she she went to the hospital this afternoon. So Rodney is welcoming, preparing to welcome his baby girl into the world, as he should be. So prayers and blessings to them as a couple as a new mom and dad, because we all know they will definitely need it. So, Nick, Nick, what's up? How are you? Oh, man, I'm good. <laughs> I'm blessed. I can't complain. I'm thriving. I cannot complain. Cannot complain. All right, well, t- talk to the people. You've been on here before, but tell us, tell them something about you, what you're doing, and we'll have you do that again. Um at the end of the show for those who kind of flock in late. So, yeah, sure. So my name is uh, Nick Hicks. I am a uh, born and raised in Memphis, Tennessee, but uh, I've been living in Nashville here for uh, the past year and a half. Um, I am a financial analyst by day and I guess, um, whatever else by night. Like I, I aim to inspire people. I aim to give truth and I also aim to relate to people and using, you know, kind of my story to kind of um, inspire and motivate people. So maybe motivational speakers, I don't know. I don't know what you call it. Like, you know, I, I just, I just believe in helping people be better than they were yesterday as I am with myself. And tell them what you're doing on Sunday. Tell them about the show on Sunday. 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 Okay. So um, feel free to find me on Facebook, Nick Hicks, 
really easy to remember. If you see me with a black hat on, it's not the witch hat or anything like that. But, yeah, that's me, right? All right, so me and my buddy, Lashar Quinn, we both host the Art of Lost Thinking. And so at um, Sunday at 5 p.m., um, you can either check either one of our Facebooks. We're going to do it live. And this conversation that we're having Sunday is so powerful, or it's so powerful. It's going to be like whether your type is a hindrance or is it a blessing. And that's all I'm going to say until, until Sunday. You've got to tune in Sunday to see it. Nick, I was watching um, just a portion of Steve, of the Steve Harvey show today, and he had three ladies on there, and I wish I could tell you who they were. Um, I, I remember one of them may have did the or the um, bachelorette thing. She was a black girl, and so right. she talked about uh, being on there, and so they were talking about, of course, men and relationships, the part that I heard. And one of the ladies was saying that you have to be, regardless, no matter what, you there has to be some chemistry and, and attraction there, um, no matter what, or it won't work. You might as well just leave each other alone. And the other one came mm. about, and she said um, her husband pursued her, her now husband pursued her for like a year and a half, and she just was not attracted to him, blah, blah, blah. She said, but as she got to know him, like let him in just a little, just a little, that his integrity became so attractive to her. His honesty mm. just became so attractive to her. She started naming these mm. things of character, your your internal mm-hmm. stuff that you cannot pay enough for. And so the bachelorette mm. came along and she said, I totally understand. She said, when I was doing the show, she said, I wasn't, I felt like I wasn't connecting with anyone. And she said, the, the producer pulled her to the, to the side and said, you're looking you're looking for somebody that you are instantly attracted to. Talk to them, speak to them, get to know them, and see what you think then. And she said it just felt like it opened up, like that she saw, she started to see potential in people that she had kind of instantly said, oh, no, because she didn't feel that woe factor or they didn't look like this or that or have this muscle and da-da-da-da-da. So, I think that's a very good and interesting topic. I'm going to try to tune in, and, and I want to hear what women say because I I think it kind of hinders us a lot. I really do. I I, I agree with that. Before we before we get into like what we, you know we're going to talk about, like I agree with you a whole lot. What I've learned, Miss Tammy, this is this is about as close as you're going to get to what I'm going to get to on Sunday. What I've learned throughout my lifetime is to let go and let God's will take control of everything because mm-hmm. when you let God take control, now see, there takes some discernment with that, right? Like you have to be spiritually mature enough to know whether God is placing you with someone, you know, that is adding to you or it's a hindrance because a lot of times we have this checklist, but God can be sending us something all day long, but we're so blind because we have this checklist. And if everybody doesn't come across on this checklist, we could be missing on the blessing that God has in our life. Right, right. I had a friend tell me, Nick, um, this was a long time ago, um, a guy friend, and one of his girlfriends had asked him to introduce her to one of his friends. She was looking for a good guy. And so right. he was sharing with me. He said, I picked one of my best boys, you know, the guy, that guy who's honest, looking to have a relationship. He's going to treat you right. 
And he said, he said to, she came back and said, he's not tall enough. He's like, you didn't ask me for mm. a tall guy. You asked me for a good guy, a, a mm. man, you know. And so that that is, I don't know, that's, that's kind of where we are. But I think, like you said, it has, you have to have some discernment. You have to grow up within yourself because what happens when all of those things go away? Like mm. what happens? When what happens if something happens? You know, your your six feet guy with the muscles. What if he's in a car accident and he loses a leg? Where mm. where does your love go? Do we toss him aside? And as I thought more about this topic that we're going to talk about tonight, Nick, I I heard the last her, the last words I heard before coming on this air in my own mind and spirit. It's it's comparable to me like this leader versus a provider. I'd rather have Jesus than silver and gold. And because mm-hmm. have Jesus, you don't. The silver and gold will come. If a, it's in my yep. opinion, to have a man that is able to lead, to lead, and think about think about leading. Um, what what does leading mean? And I think sometimes we have to really stop and define words for ourselves. We have to really yep. sit and think. What does this word leader, what does a man look like to me? And also, what does God's word say about men leading? Because sometimes we will conveniently lead some stuff out. Because if we think about it that way, um, 1 Corinthians tells us, and it says, but I want you to understand that the head of every man is Christ. So, so first, you got to understand that your your leader needs a leader, and that leader needs to be yep. Christ. And then it says yep. the head of a wife is her husband. The head of a wife is her husband, and the head of Christ is God. So there is order. There is order yep. in this, but somehow we have allowed society to take some things away. And I I feel that that is by design purpose, that their purpose is to take the power away from men, make women want it. And I'm not saying women are powerless or should be. I just think God had place and an order for it. And I was reading an article tonight, and and it talked about what if your guy, your husband, is unable to work, whatever the reason may be, if he is just truly maybe sick, this, that, and, and, and all of that, because it talks about sometimes you have to adjust um, yep. and make things work. So what do you do if your husband is unable to work? And this article was, was talking about some women will want that or, or say, well, he's no longer, he can't lead me if he can't provide right. for me. So I want to talk mm. about tonight what is leading mm. and what is providing. And what when you say mm. that a man is able to provide for you, Provide what your needs or your wants and your needs because mm. and I'm probably gonna make mad tonight. Some of the things that we want the, these men to provide for, I don't know how they would be able to keep up. I don't know how they mm. would be able to pay the bills and deal with all the extra that we think we need. Yep. So let's talk I, about lead and 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 providing. I don't use that, and I and I think that so I love just in general, I love talking about leadership, in general. Um, it's something I'm very passionate about. 
Um, leadership is something I wish I could do a TED Talk on, right? Um, what I think people fail to distinguish, and you hit it right on the money, is that we have to have a clear definition of what a leader is and what a provider is. I think somehow, some way, the 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 lines have been blurred by exactly what what it means to be a leader. What does it mean to be a provider? Um, I did look on the. Uh, I wanted to type a comment so bad on that on on what I saw <laughs> earlier on your page, Miss Tammy. I did, so I texted you right now. In my, although this is my opinion, I I, I think this what I think a leader encompasses is, is universal, and, and I'm going to tie these to different points here. Um, a great, not a good leader, a great leader understands vision, understands vision. A great leader is able to, is, in my opinion, is able to provide influence. A great, a great leader also provides accountability and responsibility. This, that's a big one right there. A great leader is inspiring. A great leader is not dictating. I can go on and on more about what a leader can or what a leader provides. But the key thing and what I see a great leader provides is vision. And why it's important for us to live, to be, and I feel like God has given us the blueprint. God has given us the example. Right, so that is the vision to follow. Right, if we follow God's plan in accordance, there will there will be fruit that will bear. Now, in my opinion, the reason why now understanding even with understanding that vision, right, the reason why in my opinion that there are I don't want to say there are pitfalls, but why um, the lines have been blurred a little bit, family structure. Right, you know the, the 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 so the father, the mother, and I'm and I'm obviously I'm speaking as if it's a healthy you know uh, relationship, marriage, the whole whatever. Right, um, a a healthy marriage, in my opinion, is someone when when you have that order, right, uh, and you have that place, and it's not a power trip, right but also someone who knows how to lead. I cannot stress to you how important that it is to know how to lead. Now, as I said before, this family structure is somewhat broken nowadays. So we have already, you know, children raising children, but it's already rampant with men. And, you know, some of these boys growing up being boys, not being led, not knowing how to be a man. And more importantly, not only led to not being a man, but not being led by God. And because even if the physical father is uh, absent, we still have a spiritual father who still lays the foundation, who still lays the blueprint and um, uh, the blueprint and the example of what it means to lead. Okay. So let me ask you this. Um, The family structure being broken, how do you think um because I certainly agree with you how how did we get here Nick I guess is my question with your opinion how did we get here because I feel like we are in a we are so far from divine order and I just tagged you in in something when you mentioned the family structure 
Um, so if you're able to check your Facebook, check your page for that. Yep. Um, but how did how did we get here, and how do we get out? Like, how do we see so, the importance of, because I see it as a leader will always provide, find a way to provide. If he has to take yep. some stuff back, if he has to go do some yards, if he has to ask for some extra hours, a leader will always provide. A provider may not always lead you. They and, that and may not be their, you know, intention. Like, they may be that person, I pay these bills. I get to do what I want, when I want, how I want. Yeah. And you are significant to me because of that. So I would by far, I want the leader. But how did we get I, here? I think, in my opinion, um, I feel like we live in some very interesting times. And I feel like that the more that we are um, separated from the divine order, the more confusion that it is. I, In my opinion, I feel like love has been dumbed down. I feel like um, dating, some, some dating relationships have been dumbed down. I even think sex has been dumbed down. I even think the idea of having a traditional family, in a sense, has been dumbed down. And this is no shade against anyone who, you know, who may have had, you know, have baby father or anything like that. And certainly that's not what I'm passing judgment on that. But there is a, in my opinion, I think that the more that we stray away from God and move away from what God wants and we move into us, that's when it becomes a problem because, as I said before, God has given us the blueprint. If we, I look at it like this. You know, um, I, I use this example all the time, and I say that, you know, um, being obedient to God is very much like being obedient to your parents, right? So it's like if I'm not obedient to my mom, then, well, I'm 30 now, but, you know, but like like if I'm not obedient to my mom when I was much younger, and even now too, then there are consequences that comes with that, right? So in my opinion, the same thing happens with God, right? We have become, we have treated God in a sense like a, like an afterthought. And we, some, some of us treat him like, like, like it's an afterthought, but we run to God when we need, it's a conditional relationship. And again, I'm not passing any judgment or anything like that, but it's, it's, we have to get back to God. We have to get back to living, having the divine order. Because even in this world of chaos, you can still be rooted in discipline and stay, still be rooted in God's word, in God's plan. Hmm. Okay, so difference, the difference between leading and providing. Well, i tell you what. Let me read this first, and you tell me your thoughts on this. Okay. I looked up right. the definition of leader, and I tweaked it um, in reference to what, we're talking about tonight, which is for those of you who are, and I'm sorry, I don't know if I even announced it, but for those of you who may not have been able to see the the um, post, but what we're talking about tonight, leader versus provider. Do women prefer a leader or a provider? Why or why not? So I posted this post out there this morning, and we had, you know, women comment, and I only asked the women to comment for now. So I'll get to read some of those maybe before we get off the show tonight, but this is the definition that came up um, 
and I don't know if it was a Webster de- Webster definition or not, but again, I changed some things, and I'll let you know what I changed. But it says, being a leader means defining and exhibiting moral and ethical courage, courage and setting an example for everyone in the company. So I said setting an example for everyone in the family. Being a leader helps you teach leadership skills to your employees. Of course, I change employees to family so that it reads, being a leader helps you teach leadership skills to your family who will then be able, who will then help do the heavy lifting of the comp- moving the company. So changing the company again to family who will then help to do the heavy lifting of moving the family from where it is today to where it needs to be in the future. So I'm going to read that one more time just just with my changes. Being a leader means defining and exhibiting moral and ethical courage and setting an example for everyone in the family. Being a leader helps you teach leadership skills to your family, who will then help do the heavy lifting of moving the family from where it is today to where it needs to be in the future. What are your thoughts? I agree with that wholeheartedly, and it goes back to vision, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Once you know what the vision is, right, and the vision should be, well, unfortunately everybody's vision is different, but my vision is to live in accordance to God, right? Um, That is my vision, and for in living a godly life. There's other things that, that's in my vision, but it all centers around God, right, first and foremost. Um, example, right, I cannot, I cannot stress how much an example is so important. And it's – and because, believe it or not, kids see – but kids, especially younger kids, younger kids are much smarter than what you think, and they pick up on things really quick, Right. And which is even more important that, you know, and and, and I have to be honest here. I'm going to be hard on the brothers for a second, right, because we have some accountability and responsibility as well, too, and if not more, right? Um, There are a lot of brothers out here who they, you know, and I'm not throwing any, not making any judgment whatsoever, but, you know, they – help create a child, but don't take care of it. Or if they take care of it, they only take care of it with money. There are so many other things. Money can't, money, look, let me just say this. Money cannot suffice everything, right? Like there are a certain essential skills that having a leader is very important, right? Understanding integrity, understanding character. Understanding all of those things, money can only do so much, but money can't buy you time, right? And it's that time that you can build and spend with, you know, your child or things like that. That's so much missing in our families. So I just think that when it just comes to, like, the idea of, you know, um, like when it comes to the idea of me being hard on the brothers, you know, we have to do a better job at setting that example because if not, we do not want our children repeating the same cycles over and over and over and over again. Mm. 
So, Nick, what, um, well, in reading, and this is an article by Covenant Keepers, it speaks about um, what does it mean to take this position as the leader in your home, and this is as it relates to men taking the position of leaders. Um, some of the things it lists is leading by love. It actually numbers them, numbers these in important, the, you know, in important ways that, that it's most important. And the most important one was, according to this article, leading by love. And it says a husband's leadership in the home must first be firmly rooted in love, that his leadership must be firmly rooted in love. Why? Love is the core principle that should govern everything you say and do. Notice what Paul told the leaders of the Corinthian church when they needed to take the leadership of their church. Paul told them, watch Stand fast in the faith. Be brave. Be strong. Let all that you do be done with love. Therefore, if you need to turn things around in your home, you must be strong, brave, act in faith, and walk in love. You can be strong and loving at the same time. Jesus is your ultimate example, and I think you said that, Nick, um, that you know, Christ is, is the example. The example is there for us, even if you don't have someone to show you. But it says, Jesus is your ultimate example of a leader. He was strong and yet tender, as the circumstances required. He could drive the money changers out of the temple, but hold the child in his arms or weep over Jerusalem. Therefore, let all that you do as a husband and a leader in your home be done with strength, boldness, and with the tenderness of love. What are your thoughts? Mm. See, that goes back to... Even with that, right? I no, I, I completely agree with you. But see, there's going to be a deeper analysis with that. Unfortunately, like I said earlier, um, leading with love. The problem with that is that some people don't even know how to love. <laughs> you know, like or or yeah, they don't know how to love, or they were shown love in they weren't shown love properly. So I think this comes from a. Um, and I get it. Some people may have deeply rooted issues that may have um, that that may have they may have had some experiences which kind of clouds their vision of love and things like that. Um, with that being said, I do believe that leading with love is the ultimate example. I think that under like looking at the way God loves us, the way Jesus loves us, and stuff like that, unconditional, right? Um, I feel like that's the greatest, the highest frequency of love. That, per, that a person can give another person, right? Like, I mean, there's no other love but that, you know. But as I said before, I think that there's so many perspectives on love, right? When there's so many perspectives on love, we have this song, he, we have songs on the radio that, just, that pulls us away from what it actually means to love TV. We have reality shows that, uh, clouds our vision on what it means to love. We actually think that it may take 20 people before we can actually find that one true love, right? Like there are many, there's a lot of noise out here when it comes to noise, but at the same time, God's way is what brings clarity. God's way of love is what brings peace. And it's only when someone understands that peace people understand or someone understands that clarity that you can be able to um, give that love in a healthy relationship. And 
like I said before, a lot of people don't know how to love. And so that's the reason why they're in the situations they're in the situations is because they don't know how to love. No one ever taught them how to love, but it goes back to what I was saying before. If we know and we live in accordance to God and we know God's word and we know and we live his word, it's not enough to know it. Like we have to live his word, right? Then that's when I feel like that it opens up so many things and so many just it just opens up so many things in our life and our relationships and things like that. Okay. Okay. I want to just a few more of these and I'm trying to be selective, but they're also good. I'm gonna skip around here. Um leading in reconciliation was one of my favorites of these. And it says and this is, again, from Covenant Keepers, you guys. So go out and support this article, covenantkeepers.org, and you can just Google this topic. Um, taking the lead in reconciliation after you have had a conflict with, had conflict with your wife or children is an essential aspect of moral and spiritual leadership in your home. Remember that Jesus took the lead to initiate reconciliation with you. He came to seek and save that which was lost, Luke 19 and 10. To follow his example, you must do the same. This is true leadership. However, are you the one who walks away and slams the door behind, behind you when conflict arises? Do you go off to pout when your wife doesn't agree with you? Do you harden your heart or manipulate the emotions of your wife or children by your angry explosions or deadly silence? If you do, this is a sign of spiritual immaturity and childish behavior. You need to grow up and take the lead by humbling yourself to seek solutions. Take the first step by seeking reconciliation with anyone in your family when there has been a conflict. Jesus said, hypocrite. First remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. In other words, according to Jesus, it is hypocritical for anyone to look at another person's fault before we examine our own. Jesus also said, therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and, and, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. So I think that one's important because so many people, So like I, I, when I'm consulting with, I just had to tell a young couple this on Saturday, like I'll tell the, the man right up front, I'm going to put much of this on you because I, I simply have come to have much respect and honor for God's word as it relates to the order. Right. I'm seeking and still trying to get to a, that place myself. But at the same point, you set the tone, and I tell, tell the men, you are responsible for setting the tone in your house. Yep. If something's wrong, you are responsible. The, the word tells you to, not that we are weaker, but even in, even in, in providing, I think we, we don't fully understand the need to have men be the provider is not for us to, and I'm not saying this is what all women do, but it's more about women, and I'm going to say this, you guys, it's going to come out, Nick, you're going to have to pull me out of this hole, but <laughs> so that that women, if they so choose, let me say this, if, if, if that woman so chooses to stay at home and be the, the, the caretaker of that house, 
to make sure that it's in order to find some time during the day to pray over her husband and her family, to make sure that when they walk in that there's peace. But, see, I think that so many of us are caught up in, in, in so many things that we don't need because if we eliminated some of the things, we will understand just the purity and the charm of being a woman because I think we've gotten mm. so far away from just being able to not have so much stress on us. Nick, I remember, it just brings, and I'm going to turn this over to you, brings me to, and this has been so many years ago, at least 10 years, I was coming home, and I looked over, and this lady was next to me. I was in my car, and she was in hers, and I looked at her, and she looked exhausted. She just looked like my soul is tired. And so I thought, I wonder if I look the same because we're running this rat race. We're working. We're trying to be providers for everything, everybody. Like we, we've thrown ourselves in the same pot as men are. But emotionally, emotionally, I don't feel we were designed to carry so much that we have decided right. to take on ourselves. So I know I've said a lot. Tell me your thoughts. No, no, I, I follow. I follow it all. So first, when it comes to the um, of us setting the tone, right? I completely agree with that. I think when it comes to, I think going back to an earlier point that you made about opinion, this is what a true mark of a leader, of a leader, a great leader does. When it gets tough, and you you will find out about people when stuff gets tough. Believe me, believe it or not, and believe me, you will find a, a lot about people and how they're able to handle the weight of the world, especially men, the weight of the world when things get tight, right? But it's those, but it's those people who can navigate through when things get tight by keeping that order and keeping that, and keeping that faith in God first and foremost. Right, first and foremost, and this is why I always say that when two people are together, make sure that spiritual compatibility is at the very top of the list. Because when the tough times come, and they will come, <laughs> like like tough times will come, but it's that spiritual foundation that will help you navigate through whatever it is that you're going through, right? And so I think that it's even more, you know, uh, it's even more for us as men to just be able to, like, you know, just, you know, be in tune with God and just and just really understand that and understand that we set the tone, right? Because if I came in from a hard day of work and I take it out on you and then the kids see it, like, you know, if a person doesn't have enough emotional intelligence to figure that out, how your stress can uh, trigger down to other people, then, that, like you said, mentioned earlier, earlier, that's a lot of spiritual immaturity there, right? Mm-hmm. I I think although that we all get frustrated to a degree, to me, and I think I heard Devon Franklin say this, that frustration is a lack in faith of God, right? And it's which is even more as I'm as I'm tying this all together. What I'm saying is that you know when the tough times happen, like. The people who are who are able to navigate, like stay rooted in God's word, have the faith, and navigate through that, 
those are the leaders right there. They are setting the tone because what they're saying is that even when tough times happen, tough people get through it, right? And it's like, man, I, I, I've seen so many, oh, man, I've seen so many women fall for the man, the macho man, you know, he's six foot nine, blah, blah, blah. But when it comes to his spiritual, he's weak as cardinal tissue. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, now that, that, that's weak right there. <laughs> and, and, but I'm saying that, so how, so how is it that, how can you effectively lead if you can't keep your emotions in check? There are a lot of people who are living, who are living in domestic violence relationships because of that. And it goes back to the word of saying that some people don't know how to love. Some people don't know how to keep their emotions in check because they are spiritually immature. Hmm. Nick, you, you, you said several times about people not knowing how to love. There are equally as many people who don't know how to receive love. Because yeah, as, I agree. As, yeah, and so what what are your thoughts? Like, I guess it all goes back to what the breakdown, this new world culture kind of kind of sort of. What are your thoughts on not being able to? Because what if for, for our ladies, I hear and men too. I hear a lot of men now saying that they cannot find a good woman. I've I've heard where hmm. of men who have decided, well, we did a show with you. Now that I think about it, that. I just don't want the the sex is not important to me anymore. Like mm-hmm. it comes a dime a dozen, so to speak. And so you, when I always felt, and after hearing so many men say that, we're something's wrong. If we're at the point where men are saying, you know what, it, it it's, it's not even that important anymore. And then to, to mm-hmm. see so many women say, I can't find a good man. Um, I just a young man post some something similar last night, and I I commented because I I see this young man as a a man of wisdom, which is what I replied, and to not settle. But I I've, I've heard where these young men will say I don't I don't I don't want the sex right now. Um, brings me back to Napoli Ever After, Nick. I shared shared this on the show last week, and I think the week before. I don't know if you've seen that movie. Have you? I have not. Napoli Ever After. I have not. I have. Not. You should watch it. But there's um gotcha. some conflict about her not this guy not pr- proposing to her, and his and so she blows up and she wants to, you know, eliminate the relationship, and he says. I don't even know you. I have to call and, and find out what's your favorite color, what do you like, and you were expecting me to propose, and she didn't hear any of that. So it's like um, even even a couple of Fridays ago when I went to speak at a singles event, I heard the guys saying far more than the women were hearing. Like I actually saw mm. some guys leave because I felt like they they I felt like they were saying, you know what, they, they it's just no way you guys are not here. You you ladies are not hearing us. So I think these guys are out there. But when you hear um, the guys that say, you know, I don't need sex right now. I want to get to know you. Most women who are saying they want the good men, they run from those guys. Mm. So 
Ooh. So they, they, they equate that to, and I've heard, you must be gay. I've had some of my young you must be gay mm. because you don't mm. want to have sex with me. Mm. So it's like women are starting to, people, I won't say women, but people are starting to equate love with just sex. I think one of the most beautiful qualities of a man is being able to lead and to do it yep. consistently, to stand on his yes just as much as he stand on his no, to not to not yep. bend even when when I'm crying or I want you to, I that to me and women we will we might bicker and we will we will bicker and we'll try to get our way. But I think there's nothing more sexy than a man who can lead me and love me. Yep. No, I I I agree, and I think that like I said before, I think when it comes to so going back to like the receiving um, people receiving love, right? Um, I think when it comes to people, it's very important to understand how they were raised, first and foremost. Um, some people who have, didn't have, not all, but some people, um, because I've seen it where it's gone, vice versa as well, too. But uh, just for the sake of conversation, so, so I've seen people who, you know, had because a father, that father figure, physically wasn't in their in their uh in their life. I've seen a male and female, I've seen the the ramifications of that. And it's kind of like it, it's it's a it, I don't want to say it's a scary cycle to see, but I try to understand or I do my best to understand like how someone was raised and understand their issues. Because a lot of times it's the issues that people had when they were five, six whether it's sexual trauma or whatever whatever trauma that it is, it plagues them when they get older. So they already have, some people already have trust issues as it is. And my challenge to people who have trust issues is that how do you expect to be in a loving situation? How do you expect, first, how do you expect to be loving if you're not trusting? They work synonymous with one another, right? So it's like, the idea of trusting, the idea of loving, like, ha- has been stripped away from some people where they have been scarred by this. And I'm very compassionate and empathetic to that. However, um, there comes a point in time where you have to pick those pieces up and you have to take accountability and responsibility for you, yourself as an individual. That's first and foremost. Secondly, when it comes to just um, the way here, the way, you know, uh, the so I will say this. I I will say that I am as I'm very open with this, but I have been celibate for a long time, right? Uh, I'm very open with it because I firmly believe that um, there's nothing to be ashamed about with what God has transformed me to. Um, I've been celibate for a long, long time. Uh, all all praises are due to God because it was all God who did that, right? But I have encountered women when, you know, you try to get to know them and then you say, hey, I don't want to have sex, and they will flip the card on you and say, well, he's got to be gay then. So what that tells me is that you use sex more of, of a uh, – you, you have a selfish reason for doing sex 
as it should be providing for you. So all it is is you want somebody to provide you the sex, but you don't want necessarily a man to lead you. And keep where I'm going here. You don't want a man to lead you into spiritual destiny, right? Like we want somebody to provide this. We want to. We want some. We want to provide it. But where is the piece where we go into spiritual destiny, right? And it's like I've experienced that before. And now I'm spiritually mature enough to when I hear that, I'm just like, oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? But it's like there are a lot of great guys that are out here who don't come with sex on the mind, who do want, you know, to actually know someone and build with them. Because for me personally, that's how I, that's how you grow in love, <laughs> right? Like, like it's, I don't believe in the idea of love at first sight and stuff like that. Some people do, but I hardly ever know you, right? So I, I want to be able to know where you're at spiritually. Because um, how I know where you're at spiritually says a lot about the vision as what I said earlier. And when you have two people who are spiritually compatible with one another and they see the same vision of God that you do, it's a little bit easier to lead with love with that. Okay. Since let's do this leading spiritually. And then after this, I want to read some of the comments that we received um, from Facebook about this particular topic, some of the answers that we received. So leading spiritually. How can... And should you spiritually lead your wife and children? To accomplish this task, you first must be a spiritually committed man. It is obvious that you cannot lead anyone anywhere if you have not been there first. This is what Jesus meant when he reproved the Pharisees, saying, They are blind leaders. They they are blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind leads the blind, both will fall into a ditch, Matthew 15 and 14. Jesus was using an obvious metaphor to illustrate that these religious leaders had, spiritually, had spiritual blindness and could not fulfill their responsibilities of leadership. Do you have the spiritual eyesight, talking to men, necessary to lead your wife and children into the kingdom? Without knowing what the truth is, how can you lead them into the truth? Psalms 25 and 5. To be this kind of leader, you must do as Jesus commanded. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Unless you take the lead to seek first the kingdom, none of the other aspects of the leadership will have any effect upon your wife or children. Why? Because they will see the contradiction between what you tell them to do versus what you are doing by your example. And it, it goes more, but I won't read all of that. It's a, like I said, it's a great read. Covenantkeepers.org is the site. So you spoke on, on spirituality. Any more to add about? I think that goes back to a lot of the things that you named early on in the, in the show about they have the understanding, the vision, they provide influence and account of their accountable and responsive and so forth. So any additional things on leading spiritually? No, I think, well, yeah, I think that, um, again, that is the vision, right? And it, it like, I, I cannot stress to people, men particularly, right, because I'm speaking to the brothers because I can be hard on the brothers because I feel like we can do so much better, right? But it's like, 
you know, mm. at the same time, too, um, yes, we have to be spiritually, we have to be a spiritually committed man. And um, the we have now, and this is, I'm speaking from everyone now, when it comes to finding discipline in this world, it's, time, although generations are different and, and every generation is different, this one is just very different. The things that we value. We don't even value true leadership hardly anymore, right? Mm-hmm. We tend to value, we tend to value, put more on the onus of followers than we actually do true leadership, right? Mm-hmm. And so I hear it all. You see it all the time on social media, right? Five hundred million followers. I got, I got this much influence. Well, but just because you have a lot of social media followers doesn't mean that you're an influencer. Right, like influence doesn't go beyond the numbers. Influence goes with impact. Right, that's what people fail. That's what people fail to realize is that influence is based on impact and not numbers. Right, so you can impact, you can impact the power. I always have this thing of the power of one. Right, if you impact one person, right, and you keep, and, and then that person goes to another person. That's two. Then the three. And then it adds and adds and adds and adds. There is a power of one that we have um, grossly undervalued in this society because we are more focused on the quantitative instead of the qualitative. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. Now, we put this question out earlier this morning, and it was for women only. And I want to read. I won't read the names of, of but they're out there so you guys can go look. Um the question was, ladies, would you prefer to have a man that is a leader or a provider? Okay? So our answers are as follows. A provider, because I wouldn't be led by someone I'm taking care of. Okay? A, provi- a second answer, a provider. A leader is a characteristic of being a provider because he will guide his family while providing financial, emotional, and the hierarchy of needs. The third answer, provider. He needs to set an example to my children of what it means to lead by provision. Also, the best and most basic way to attend to someone's needs is to ensure that they are safe and have food, clothing, and shelter. Fourth one. Provider, you can't eat or wear leadership. Um, this one just simply says provider. Um, here's one that kind of changes the scope. This is a simple. This is simple. A leader, because a leader is a provider. You can't provide if you don't know how to lead. It's the law of nature. Not going. Mm-hmm. Not going to type a book on this topic. <laughs> So call me for this one. I'm sorry. Okay. Next question, she says. Um, So I do want to read this part. She says, uh, now the next question is, what do most women think a leader or a provider is? And I think that's very important. We started the show out that way. We need to first define what, what it means to lead. What are the characteristics of a, of a man leading his home? I think so often we just, we hear provider and we think, um, okay, financially, you know, just take care of me and we're okay. Um, but 
if you're provided for financially, but internally you're dying, which is what we mm. see a lot of now. It's like you you see so many people who have silver and gold, if we want to say. I mean, they have the big houses, the cars. They have anything and can go anywhere and buy anything that they want. But still, that is there is that internal nagging hunger for relationship, for love, for connectedness that we don't have and that we were created for. So that one was a, a really good, good answer. The next one, I would prefer a leader. A leader would provide anyway. Leadership is something that I absolutely need in order to maintain mm. respect for him. So I'm going to mm. read that one again. A leader, because a leader would provide anyway. And we said that on the show, that yep. a leader will always provide. He'd find a way to provide almost at any means necessary. It's not, not, not necessary that a provider will even think about leading you. He may be caught up in his money, like this is what I do. I'm doing my part. Now I can do me. Yep. So this says a leader. A leader will provide anyway. Leadership is something that I absolutely need in order to maintain respect, keyword, respect mm. for um, Let's see, we just have a few more. This is a tough question. I will choose leader with the belief that a leader can learn to provide. Picture of of a provider (laughs) doesn't cut it for me. Get this, you guys. She says the picture of a provider alone doesn't cut it for me because I would feel like being stranded in the middle of an ocean with plenty of food but without direction. Ooh. That's, mm. And that that's so deep. Okay, and then one's just simply provider, no um, additional information. Another, I would prefer a man who is a leader as well. If he is a leader, then he will provide. Um, let's see, two more. A leader, echoing what others have said, a leader will provide. However, however, a provider doesn't always lead. Hey. Money is great, but there is more value in someone who sets a great example for my children and someone that I can respect. Last one, I want a leader as well, and, I'm pretty, and I pretty much agree with all the other ladies who have said the same. If you are a leader, you will find or make provision to take care of your responsibilities, and leadership does. As someone else stated, lend itself to setting a positive example for the family. Those were our posts or answers to the question. Mm. What What are your thoughts, Nick? So, um, I, I so like what y'all don't know is that I was reading this like earlier today. And I was like, I wanted to chime in so bad. I was like, okay, it's not, it's only for women, right? Um, as I'm looking at, uh, as I'm looking at, you know, some of the, the the comments that were that were done, what what I think, and why a clear definition of what a provider and what a leader is that some women may look at it as um, a sense of power, right? Um, they may see that. They don't want to be taken care of because it comes. It, they may lose some sort of power with that, right? So quite naturally, it would. So quite naturally, they may default to saying that, well, you know, I 
you know, I just want a provider, right? Um, but when it comes to leading, though, and there were a lot of, uh, there was, I think it was one that said that a provider, a leader is a characteristic of being a provider because he will guide his family while providing financial, emotional, and high, high, in the hierarchy of needs. Now, mm-hmm. I was a little conflicted there because it's either, okay, you want a provider, but then, like, a leader, it, it almost reminds me of the dynamic of leader and follower, right? Uh, very similar, right? Like, in order to effectively lead, you have to be a great follower. With that being said, in order to successfully lead in a relationship, marriage, platonic or otherwise, you have to set a good example by serving God. When you serve God by the way and live a servant's mentality and continue to live that servant's mentality through love, kindness, humility, and all of that, that is setting the example. That is leading the way because guess what? That is the way that Christ has led for us. Right, and so it's only if we take that if we if we literally look at the example that God has set has set for us, then I think that you know, the, then we there will the the lines of leader versus provider won't be much of a power issue as it is a hey like you know it, it's more of a spiritual one where you know two people may excuse me two people may have you know, spiritually compatible with one another, but man, there is something about a leader though, that when oh when all else fails, the person can make a way out of no way. And the reason why I say that is because God makes a way for us sometimes out of no way. Mm. Okay. Um, let me say this. Just for those of you, we have we have quite a few listeners tonight, Nick. So for those of you, you guys don't come sit on this. We want to hear your thoughts, your questions, your opinions. Um, so so I don't know if I've said this yet, but select the number one if you have anything to add. For those of you who are listening in the chat room, let me go check the chat room. You can post your questions or comments there. We'll get them on live for you. And for those of you who listening who are listening any other way, like social media, Facebook and all that, we can't see you. So you can either send us a message on Facebook, um, or call in eight one eight six nine one seven four zero six. Again, eight one eight six nine one seven four zero six. We have I want I want I'm gonna pull this caller in, but I want to read something. It's how much time Fox uh Eric Cole five oh one Corey, yeah. how much yeah. time do you, you have? I, 15. I got about 10 to 15 minutes. Okay. I want you to hear this first. Corey, Nick's on the phone. Right, so y'all say hi. Um, I want you right, to so hear ma'am. this because I think you're going to have much more to say, and it's, I'm going to read it pretty quickly. Okay. This is titled Women See Male Leadership as Love, and it's by Henry uh, Dr. Henry Macau, Women See Male Leadership as Love. It says, if a man cannot perform in bed, he is called impotent. The woman feels unloved and unwanted. However, outside the bedroom, if a man doesn't demonstrate his power, he is considered enlightened, enlightened and progressive. But somewhere in their subconscious 
Women still feel let down. For centuries, women and children have relied on men to help define their lives. Men are failing their families when they buy into ego-literant feminists and try to be nice guys. Marriage is the exchange of female power for male power expressed as love. I want to read that one again. Marriage is the exchange of female power for male power expressed as love. Women crave male power because it's because in their minds it is love. When a man fails to lead his family and allows them to manipulate him, women and children feel unloved and consequently have less respect and love for him. The old proverb, spare the rod for the child, applies. Women and children feel most secure when husbands, fathers, assert his just control. It means he loves them. Failure to take charge is interpreted as neglect. Thus, a man must claim power at the outset and never let it slip from his grasp. He will be tested. But if I am right, women are testing his love. This is how women love and what they really want. To be consulted, yes, but to surrender to the one man worthy of their sacrifice. And this is where it gets deep, and I'll stop here. Listen to this one, you guys. The Lucifer-loving central bankers have used feminism, the mass media, and the courts to banish love by undermining male power and authority. They have brainwashed generations of men and women to think of themselves as equal and identical. The goal is to destroy the family, which obstructs their plan to enslave humanity mentally and spiritually, if not physically. They must do this to protect their untenable monopoly on credit and, sh- and ensure we repay trillions they created out of nothing. Over to Corey, I'll let you take it first. All right. Uh, who who wants first, me, me or you, Nick? Uh, you go ahead. You go first. You go first. All right. So, uh, okay, I'm, I'm going to start off with a – couple of biblical things to kind of backdrop and okay. kind of support kind of what he said about I don't totally agree with everything. Uh, okay. In the Bible it says in John, even in Galatians it says above all, above all love. Love is above everything else. Whatever you do, it has to be done within love. Cause I, so I do agree with the fact that if you take out love, the only thing that can replace it is the opposite of it, which is hate. And sometimes it's self-hate. So that's how I look at that. But now, He's also saying that this is a direct reflection of how women see men. I think that when when a woman sees a man's authority, she sees herself. Versus not that she only sees that man, but she's an extension of that man, and that and her and the kids are an extension of that man. So if the man is is uh, uh, not worthy of, of being a, a a leader, or not worthy of being a provider, therefore the woman feels like she's not she her self reflection is not reflected as a whole. She's been diminished within her own self through him. Because, because uh, mm-hmm. according to, uh, there, there's, a, there's a verse in the Bible that says that uh, the woman is a reflection of the man. I'm, I'm not going word for word, so don't, don't quote me word for word, but there's, there's a verse in the Bible that says that the woman is a reflection of the man. She's like the olive branch of the man, and then the kids are the olive branch of her. So those extensions go from one to the next. 
So we all, as, as one, as a family, we are one, but the man must take that controlling lead. Now, that only applies to if you're a Jewish day Christian. And that's what we fail to realize, is that we put everybody in one umbrella and say this is how it should be, but not everybody's belief is the same. So if you're an a Israelite, right, a, a, a black Israelite now, right, that does not apply to you. Right. Because now you no longer believe in one wife. And then you no longer believe even in the New Testament, because these are all New Testament uh, verses that we're reading. So now you got to go back to the Torah, which you go if you're an Israelite. That means that now you got to go back. They had three or four wives. They also had concubines. And it always came through the first son and not the second son. So I, I say I, that's why I disagree, and I kind of agree with it. If we look at it from a Jordan Christian standpoint, yes, we are totally correct. But if we look at it from an overall standpoint, it depends on your view, on who you are and who you represent as far as who you call God. Well, I would say God, who you call is your prophet. Because we all worship Allah. Right. Everybody worships Allah. But, now we, but we all don't have the same prophet, which is either going to be Muhammad, Jesus Christ, Buddha, or so on. But everybody worships Allah. Right. That's, that's my take on that. So, and do I think a, a man that's a leader automatically a provider? No. Because if that was the case, I can lead you all day long. But do I know how to provide for you? Not necessarily, because if I don't take the time to learn you, to understand you, to know you and know what you need, am I really providing for you or am I just giving you something just to make you shut up? So, so Corey, you're so thinking going, as provider as a different aspect, not necessarily taking care of you with things with money. So you're you've taken no, provider because, to the next level, right? Am I understanding yeah, correctly? Right, but, right. Okay. Yeah, you're understanding it correctly because as a provider, not only am I providing for you physically, I'm also I'm also as a man, I'm also provide for you spiritually, emotionally, all those things. And if I have never been taught that, I could be a hell of a leader. But I can also but be a I find it interesting that that you as a man take I've been waiting for that because like what does it mean to provide and is it always about providing monetarily, financially? I, I totally agree that providing should go and when I looked up, you know, trying to find things of different ways of where man men, a man can provide to you spiritually, I don't I don't I didn't get any answers from women unless I misunderstood some of them looking at providing in that way. I don't know. What did what did you think, Nick? So so this is what I think. I I I, I disagree with Corey on the fact that if you lead you can lead but can't provide. Here's why I disagree with that, respectfully, um, because I think that if you don't lead, then you can't provide, period. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't provide properly. Remember the phrase that. There, there, there is a proper, as I said before, like, I think that in order to become a leader, and not, not I mean a great leader, not a good or subpar, like a great leader. A great leader understands that. A great leader understands influence. A great leader understands vision, right? And they make sure that they carry out that vision and that vision, and they make sure that whatever that they do, they stay with the vision, right? So in order to understand that, I feel like that that's something a provider and in my opinion, but I can provide monetary value all day long, right, if I had a child, right? But if I'm not effectively teaching my child essential skills that's needed out here in this world, how am I leading him then, or will the streets lead him? 
you, you see what I'm saying? Like, like, like there, there, there is a there is a knack for leadership that is severely lacking within us. And like I said, mentioned earlier with the family structure and things like that. But we do have to get back to being with the one, whatever that, whatever, whatever people choose to call the one, whatever. And that, in my estimation, is what I think that is the blueprint and foundation of learning how to lead effectively. Okay. Uh, Tammy, can I go? I think I, oh, yeah, let me, I'm going to say this real quick and I know you got to go. No, I think right. that a leader, I, in my opinion, I feel that a leader, and we're talking about true leaders, an effective leader who, who right. understands the divine order. And Corey, I know you just got on, but some of the things you said, we, we talked about meaning it starts with okay. love and the structure yeah. and all of that. Um, that leader, I think that leader as I said earlier, is going to, and we're, and I'm speaking on the, well, on both sides of the provider. That leader is going to find a way to provide by any means necessary. It's it whether, like I said earlier, whether it's I got to cut the yards down the street, I got to ask for some extra hours, I got to take on a second job, whatever. If we're talking about the the financial aspect of it, that leader also. Because he's under that covenant, he's he's in that divine order. He is going to nurture his wife, his children. He's going to make some 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 hard decisions and stick by them because he understands. He understands mm-hmm. all of it. So I I agree. A leader to me is always going to find a way to provide. That is going to be his true intention at heart. A provider. Without those leadership characteristics or leadership skills, he he'll provide to you and go on about his way. I took care of what I need to take care. Of. I, these bills are paid. Now now what? Basically, yeah. that's my opinion. Go ahead, Corey. All right. So uh, let's take the, the natural. Let's, let's let's so we always referencing animals as how human how humans should re, should act, right? And we always reference animals like we go to the well, when animals do this, it's not natural because animals don't do it, right? But if you look at most species, and if I'm wrong, Nick, please correct me, most of the hunters are always females, especially when you look at the lions and those type of things. Majority of all hunters and providers are mostly females. Humans are normally the only pure people where, a pure animal, where the, where the man is the most dominant one in the overall compass of everything. So we so we can't necessarily use the the uh, animal kingdom. So look at a lion. Lion don't hunt. I mean, you know, the the female does that. If you look at a, a lot of the penguins, a lot of times it's always the female that goes out and brings back the food to the baby penguin. It's the female. She's the nurser. She's the provider. The, the man normally in the wilderness is always the one that protects. Now the point I'm making is is that sometimes I think that we have a a perception of what a man should be. And I think that we try to put our own perception of what a man should be onto everybody, because not every not every leader is going to be a provider. It's, it's, it's some of us lacking certain things. Let's take Michael Mix for instance. Great leader, right? Perfect leader. I'm not. He was a, a leader spiritually and everything, but his family was almost poor. They lacked a lot of things materialistically. And that was in his book because he was so busy doing leading and doing those things to where a lot of times his family went, went without. So his wife had to step in. So that's why that's why I say with uh, even with Martin Luther King, 
Look at Gandhi. Do, do you think went without what? Because even I can equate that to today. Like I think society has told us that we are poor when we are far from it. Because I look at that is to have to have what I need today is a blessing. So we have to also make sure that we're mindful of what is going without. It's like I said earlier, some things that we have taken taken the notion that we need in this day and time, they they, mm-hmm. they are not, I mean, that we want, they are not needs. Because really all we truly need is a roof over our head, food, water. That's truly, that, that, that and God. Like we, 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 we those are our go. needs. <laughs> But there are there are so right. many other things that we have equated to um, need, and even if that's taken providing to a different level, as I stated earlier in the show, it, just today's world. I'm just I'm just looking at men and women. The things that we think we need is bankrupting bankrupt is ba- putting a bankruptcy on families. And that bankruptcy is Correct. not just Correct. of things, it's of the mind, Correct. it's of the union, it's of the connection. So Correct. we may Correct. look at them and say, you know, they were leaders, but their families struggled. Well, sometimes you, when you're leading, because they did more than lead their families, they led they led movements, they led nations, you know, True. they led us out of a lot of things. So there mm-hmm. was a sacrifice there, and I think their wives were – Sure, the struggle was real, and there probably was some nights that they think, why why is this my call? Why is this on my turf? We never know why God throws things to us. However, that's where your, your, your woman, your choice of selection of your woman comes in because there has to be some discernment. If you have a calling and a leadership, on a call to lead on your life, you better pick a woman who understands that. And knows that there's yeah. going to come some struggles with that. So that we can look at yeah. that so many ways. Corey, I want to get you yeah. back in here because I know you got to go. So get your point out, and then we'll uh, we'll talk about uh, you. Uh, you know what? <laughs> because that's where I was going. That's, that's, you summed up what I had to say. Okay. Because at the end of the okay. day, I think at the end of the day, if you do, and so I, I don't know. But I brought the, I was bringing up the Malcolm X issue and Martin Luther King, all those to present that sometimes people can lead and lack certain things. But if you bring the other part of the story into play, there's a leader is picking the right mate. You summed it up perfectly okay. because you only can be as successful as your mate. Cool. So, yeah, cool. Tim, I, I, I hats off to you. I got nothing to say. I'm done. Thank you, Corey. Thank <laughs> no, you for I, calling I, in. I, I know you got to get back <laughs> yeah. to work. All right. Y'all have a nice Enjoy the show for, for, for the you part I could hear. Right. Thank you. Bye. Thank so, you, Corey. Have a good night. No, anytime. You talk too. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. Okay, All we right. have another so, caller. Okay. I'm going to take Corey out of queue. Nick, we have another caller, so we're going to pull our caller. Oh, let's see. Well, the caller right. dropped. Well, that was cool. Let me make sure. No, we do. I still have it. Okay, hold on. I think we have two here now. Let's see. Okay, so I'm going to pull in area code 206, last four digits, 1112. You're on the air with us. Can you hear me, Sabrina? We can hear you. Can you hear how, how y'all doing tonight? Let, let me tell you this. I'm good, man. How are you? Being a, being, being a provider is the ultimate form of leadership. Because if, if you don't love your family or your wife or your kids, you're not going to provide. And, and it takes knowledge to be a provider. And, that's, and, and, and knowledge takes leadership. You understand what I'm saying? 
Okay, say that one more time. Okay. To be a provider, it takes the ultimate form of leadership. You're not going to provide if you you don't have the wherewithal or the knowledge of a leader. Okay. So I think you're saying what we're saying, right? That a leadership... yeah, I think I'm following what you're saying. You're, what you're basically saying is, is I think it's what I think is what I alluded to earlier was that I feel like that in order to be an effective and great leader, and I'm talking about a great leader, a great leader is able to understand, um, is, is able to understand that providing is a prerequisite in a sense. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, I, you can't lead effectively if you don't know how to provide. You know what I'm okay. saying? Like, all right. Let me, let me let me put it this way. Who who is this? Nick? Yeah. Nick, Nick, how you doing? This is Kevin. Okay. Oh, what's going on, bro? Let me put it this way. I I can be I can be an, an effective leader all day sitting at home eating crackers. That's not doing anything. I don't agree with that. I don't but, think you can be an effective but, yeah. leader sitting home eating crackers all day. I, you have to tell me how no, that works. Well, let me vision that. Visualize yeah, that. that. That's, that's, okay. Okay. So 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 you agree? We agree then. Because if you're not a if you're not a provider, you you could be a leader sitting at home eating crackers and and directing people. Well, that's why I think we not, I but, said we're the same on the same wave. I think you're just saying it different. That a leader is always going to provide. Like that's it's not going to be a question. Like it's no doubt again, I'm going to provide if I have to go down the, the street. The first statement that I said was. The ultimate leader is a provider, or the, a provider mm-hmm. is the ultimate leader, should I say. Right. So, so I think we're saying the same so, thing. So, yeah. So let me ask you this. Can, does a provider know vision? I'm sorry. I, I didn't hear you. Does a provider know and understand and carry out vision? Mm, it, it depends on what kind of provider this is not this isn't so okay. This isn't black or this is this is black. There's no gray area in between here. It's a simple yes or no. So it's like like I, it, because because it's a reason why I'm saying it because like a provider. So like great leaders understand vision. Like some of the greatest and I like some of the greatest people that are leaders. They understand vision. If our vision is to be connected with the one, right, that's our vision, right? So do providers have that same level of vision as leaders do? Okay, let, let me ask you this. If I work at, if I work at Roadway making $38,000 a year, which is a, which is a, a blue-collar job, do I, have any less, do I have any less vision than a, a Fortune 500 CEO? Um, no. However, what I know, I I get what you're saying there. But okay, the I, the I can I can provide for my family on that thirty-eight thousand dollar a year job. If if my vision right. is is to to work on that thirty-eight thousand dollar a year job, then that's my vision. I I agree, you guys. I got to jump in here for a minute. I I totally agree with that, the 38 and the CEO. However, flip the script, the CEO who makes millions can run his family in the ground. So what what that said, that money means nothing because you can take a little and work together and build a, a legacy. 
But if you work together, the CEO can get caught up if he doesn't have the leadership skill, if if he's not under divine order, if he doesn't understand that God – put this thing out for you there's a roadmap that ceo if he's not grounded in that leadership his money will rule him he will not even know how to treat his wife that money will get beyond who he truly was purposed to be so I would rather, because once you get to a status, a CEO status, you got to be so grounded and know that your fight is for God or whomever you serve because you will lose sight in that money. So I get oh. what you're saying, Kevin. Oh. I totally agree. That 38000 a, a person can take 38000 and and be happy, come home to a happy, fulfilled wife and family if he knows how to lead, if he respects Leadership, and I think I think Miss Tammy hit what I was getting ready to hit on. I say I'm gonna say this as, as quick as I can. I think there are so many people who get caught up in the idea of some of these. Just as Corey mentioned, some of the prominent leaders out here, but understanding that even some of those prominent leaders out here was failing, was 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 failing their family as a whole, right? So it's like the, to to the brother's point about the thirty-eight dollars. I'm I'm with you on that, but with Miss Tammy's point, it was just just where I just well, I was getting ready to go to. You can have somebody who can sacrifice so much and lose everything. And I'm not even talking about the money part, right? I know a lot of people who I've been, who I, I'm saying this quick as I can. I know a lot of, I know this one guy who was made about five, six years ago. He was telling me that he went through, he went through a divorce because he spent much time, more time at work, working as hard as he can at work, but neglected family time. You see what I'm saying? So I think that that's a whole other conversation in this own and stuff like that. But, no, I, I agree with some of what you said, brother, but I agree a lot with – and I see where both of you guys are coming from now, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Okay. Kevin, back at you. I think we're all saying the same thing. we got different ways of saying it. Yeah. Which yeah, is cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Kevin, are you there? I think we might have lost him. Okay. All right. I'm not sure. Maybe we lost him. I started to hear a lot of static, so I know Kevin's calling from Vegas, so not sure what happened there. Um, But great stuff. I'm sorry, Nick? I said that's nice. Yeah, yeah. So um, this has been – Nick, I don't know how much time you have. We still have our listeners out there. There is one more, at least one more thing I want to share from this – Covenant Keepers, and uh, let's see. Have I did the one about leading by example? Yes. Okay, so let me throw these out, and you pick one. We did leading by love, uh, leading by initiating, leading by example is another, leading in management, leading spiritually we did, uh, leading morally. We did reconciliation, Mm -hmm. uh, leading by your service, and leading in decision making. Okay. So which there's two of them I can think. There's two of them I can think of. Leading by initiation and there's leading morally. I can think. Of. I like morally too. So let's do morally. Okay. So let me right. go back to that one. Um. Just a second, you guys, and. For while I'm finding it, just remember the lines are open. Kevin, if you are able to call back in and select the number one, please do. 
um, and we'll get you back on. So this is Leading Morally. Moral leadership naturally flows from the depth of your spiritual life. Without being fully committed to Christ, you will, you will have few unchangeable moral standards. Why? Unless your heart is anchored in the truth of God's word, you will, you will be led by your feelings, emotions, or the opinion of others. Yeah, that one hit me deep. Let me say that one again. Unless your heart is anchored in the truth of God's word, you will be led by your feelings, emotions, or the opinion of others. The word of God must be the foundation for every moral decision that will be made in your life and home. This is the only way you can ever expect the blessings God has promised to be yours. Jesus expected that each of us would determine what is right and do it. He challenged the multitudes one day, yes, and why? Even of yourselves, do you not judge what is right? He wanted them to make moral decisions regarding right and wrong and then live and then and then to live that way. Consequently, are your moral decisions based upon your own selfish desires? Or are they based upon God's truth? Is your life an example of moral compromise or of the godly standards that you declare to your wife and children? Do you speak the truth in love or do you shade the truth when it suits you? The answer to these questions will determine the moral leadership in your home. I think that one might be very, very important, high on my list. What are your thoughts, Nick? I agree with that because I think that when it comes to leading morally, um, let me just say this: there are a lot, of, and there are a lot of people who um, are, um, Lord forgive what I'm about to say, but there are a lot of people who are either uh, in jail right now because they were led by decisions that were on their feelings, right? And it's kind of like. And I think I mentioned it earlier that, you know, a lot of times we get in the way of God, right? You know, God can be trying to show us something, put us in the right direction, lead us in the right direction, but our feelings, in a sense, are the, is the reason why we get in the stumbling block that we get, right? So I think being able to lead morally, um, it really, this is my opinion, and I know, you know, most people have different values and beliefs and stuff like that, but for me, I think that what I've learned in my life was to completely let go and let God in with everything, and my life transformed for the better because of that, because I'm not in my feelings. Like everything that I do in my life is very strategic because there's a there because because there's a wise counsel from God that every decision that I make in my life um, requires that counsel. So everything that I do is strategic, rooted in my faith. So I don't do things out of emotion. I don't do things out of feelings and stuff like that. And there are a lot of people who have made um, I don't want to say mistakes, but there are a lot of people who I, I'll just say that are in jail because of the right to exercise their feelings over God's will. Mm. 
Okay, interesting. You have to explain that one a bit more for me. Say that one more time. And and we pull Kevin back in. So Kevin, you're back on. I'm not sure what happened, but I saw that you were back on. Um, so explain that, and then we'll let Kevin express more because we lost him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, I think that when it comes to like exercising, like I said, morally, we tend to we we tend to be we tend to get in our we tend to be our own hindrance, right? By not allowing God to come in and lead us in the path of where we need to go, right? Our feelings are the reason why. Um, oh, I'm about to, I, I hate to say this, but I'm about to go there. Our feelings are the reason why there's a lot of baby daddies and baby mamas out here, and not enough fathers, and not enough, and not enough mothers. Ooh, wait. Um, okay. Our, our, okay. Our feelings, our feelings are the reasons why you know some people are locked up in situations that they're in because, you know, they chose to leave, they chose to go with, with their emotion instead of God's will. So it's kind of like, you know, God's will is so much, I, I say this all the time, God's will is stronger than our desires. And if people practice and understood and had a relationship and nurtured God's will, oh, man, that's, it's, it's a game changer. Hmm. Wow. Okay, Kevin. Kevin. Oh, I'm not sure what's going on there, you guys. He he must be having some issues because he did call back in. So, okay. Um, I have a comment here. That, say that again, Nick. I was going to say after the comment, I'm curious to hear what you think. A, um, when I read over the part about feelings and emotions, um, I'm going to say this, and I'm not going to apologize for it. Um, I feel that men have become too caught up in their feelings. I feel that when we go back to, to speaking about the setting the tone, being the one who um, – Established understanding reconciliation, being the one that does not slam the door, does not pout and run out, does not demean his his wife, um, who stands firm, who like like one of the one of the phrases that we read or one of the stories that we read, who can go in and and turn over tables and still hold that child, you know, and 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 mourn. Um, who can make that decision and be able to explain it in such a way to what your wife hears you say is, just trust me. Just trust me on this one. I know you may not understand, but just trust me. But, see, that man can only do that, and this is what it goes back to, because I'll say this and I'll put it on myself. If I did not have a desire, a desire, I'm telling you guys, a desire because I fail every day. But if I didn't have a desire for God, if I didn't have a desire to be pleasing, if I didn't have a desire to seek his kingdom, y'all wouldn't want to mess with me. You you couldn't yeah. even handle me. You couldn't deal with me. I would be I would be terrible. Terrible. I had a, a, yep. a man say this in a class that I'm taking, an ethnos class. He said the very same thing. He said, outside of the Holy Spirit, y'all would not want to be around me. I would be so awful. And I told him, that that is my saying. 
And so outside yep. of this, how can a man do all these things that we that we talked about tonight? How can a man in his own strength effectively lead a family and pro, and know the and understand that what does that mean? He has to be under that family structure. He has to at least understand it and desire it. He has to be yep. seeking God. He hopefully will select a wife who understands the need for my prayers over my husband, for my husband, over my family, for my family, and understand mm. that when I don't agree with him, what do I do? And I know this is mm. this is something. As a young, I tell you what I say now. I I wasn't I, I wasn't this. I'm still working to be this now, like to even understand this structure. Because you get so caught up in just doing you yep. and doing it by the by the world's way. But I yep. do going back to these feelings and emotions. We need to understand that feelings are feelings. Feelings are attached to an emotion. So rather than get caught up in the feeling, work to understand the emotion that it has awakened and where did that emotion come from. Feelings, like you said, feelings will get you caught up and get you obeyed. That is a lifetime thing. Yep. So I so agree that there has to, and that's on men and women. That's for both of us. That's for both of us. So I have. Let me check the phone lines just to make sure. Okay. Um, okay. Let's see. We're good there. I do have a text. So let me read this and go back to it. Oh wow! I have a long text. Okay. There's a difference between being in a position of leadership and being the definition of a leader. Leadership is a multifaceted and dynamic attribute of one's character measured by quality, whereas being a provider is one-dimensional and only measured by quantity. I, for one, would choose quality over quantity. I would rather know what to do with a little than to gain a multitude and squander. Okay, hold on, because i got to open it up. Um and squander the lot. Leadership is measured by the outcomes of those that follow, whereas being a provider is measured by the outputs received by those under the provider's provision. Outcomes to me are more valuable than outputs. Mm. Mm. So, that's <laughs> like, so that 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 is real. Because it's like it's like I use mentoring as an example, right? If how can I effectively teach or be involved with, you know, uh the youth if I'm not setting a good example for myself? Or if I'm setting an example it's this, hey, I put on a good face for the kids, but then it's like you're sending mixed signals. You know what I'm saying? And it's like the consistency with being a quality leader. And I think, like, when people hear the term leader, I think that they think about positions. And, and I think it's more of a more of a characteristic trait, right? And I feel like that um, when it just comes to leader, I, I agree with what the, the text said because, like I said, when, you, when you're able to impact people, right, like, and – 
And, again, as I use the power of one, when you're able to impact people, like that to me, leaves it leaves its mark. And to me, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, God. I'm a follower of that, right? So quite naturally, you know, the, the, the way to love, the way to show kindness, the way to show humility and all of that, I express to live that every day, right? So with that being said, now I have a past, and I have done some things in my past that I know God would not approve of, but at the same time, too, God loves me in spite of that, right? Like, you know, um, so it's easy for me to, to, and when it comes to just like, with with like as I was going back to mentoring kids and stuff like that, you know, if if I'm not right, then how can I teach someone else how to be right when I'm not right? Because I think you mentioned earlier, it's like the blind lead the blind then. Right, right. I totally. Um, I think with going back to the to, to the message, when we think of a leader and that effective leader, he is going he or she. But for the sake of this topic, he is going to have that lead, those leadership skills. You know what I'm saying? Yep. That he he will understand um, how to lead. And if you understand how to lead, those character you will understand those characteristics that you must work to improve in order to become that effective leader for your family. You will understand. Right. Um, what you need to pray for. And I personally, I think, well, before before I say this, some of the characteristics, I looked this up earlier, and it lists five characteristics of a leader. And I was so thankful that the first one was strong communication. Without a doubt, being an effective communicator is a top attribute of a strategic leader. Um, And I think of a man being able to, converse with his wife about even those decisions that she doesn't understand and to do it in a way as I vision like Jesus holding that baby to do it in a way like I just said baby you may not I know you don't understand but just trust me even if he says I've prayed about this and I think this is this is the way God will have me handle this so let me do this right um, passion and commitment is another one. Positivity, innovation, and collaboration. Um, those are just characteristics of a leader. I'll give you an example, um, Nick, that just came to mind. Um, I've used this before, talked about this before on the radio show. One of Brandon's friends' mother, um, the husband was traveling, and their young son at the time um many, many, many years ago because this baby is now grown and about to be married. But their young son at, at, at the time had gone camping, and he wanted to come home. He called in the middle of the night wanting to come home, crying, upset. Mom, I don't like this. And they're out in the middle of nowhere camping. Dad's away on business. Mom and the girls are at home. Mom calls dad. Mom tells son, I need to call your dad. Mom calls dad, husband. Dad, husband says, "Let me call. Let me call the 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 camp, whatever the guy is, camp manager, whatever. I don't know." And he talks to him, calls mom, wife back, and says, "No, he's gonna have to tough this one out. Wanted to go. I'm not gonna have you and the girls going out this time of night to go get him. He'll tough this one out, and we'll decide what we'll do about this later." Now, mom, of course, wants to go get her baby. 
Mm-hmm. Of course. But she doesn't. She does and follows the instruction of her husband. I can't imagine. I still cannot imagine. As much as I've talked about this tonight, I still cannot imagine being in that situation. I can only hope that I would be able to keep it together and say, what? You know, what? (laughs) But that is an example of trust. And it doesn't mean that it's it's perfect situation, you know, but that is, that, that is, that is a fam, a, a, a man and a woman who's connected, and that's something else yeah. we are missing. Because if you're not connected, leader or provider, whatever, it almost doesn't matter. If you if you're not yeah. becoming one or have some some um, understanding of that, and that's what I mean by just being able to to say in the words in a loving reconciliation way, if that's a word, like all those things to say. You know, just trust me on this. Just let let's just yeah. try it this way, and then say if it doesn't work, that same leader who's who may be providing everything. What if it didn't go the way that he asked her to trust him on? Does he come back and say, "I'm so sorry, please forgive me that 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 we didn't do it this way"? You know, that's yeah. leading. That's leading. See, that, see, that's that, where see, that, that comes in at. I was going to say, not meaning to cut you off, but that's the accountability piece that I spoke about earlier. Like before, like a great leader will always look to himself or herself before they go and say, what could I have done better? What could I have done better in this situation? I'm sorry, I was wrong here. See, a lot of times we get taught in our ego that Mm -hmm. we, that, that we don't, that we fail that we fail miserably because we get caught in our ego. To be an effective leader, you have to have the ultimate humility. You have to mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you ha- I mean, you just have to. And, like, that's why I was saying that there is a clear, when, when, when people think about leader and leadership, they think about it in a position and there's power and things like that. No, there is a spiritual aspect to leadership that I think that is so undervalued in this society, in my opinion. Right, right. Right, and I don't think we understand because, as as you say that, I think about women. We are, we are leaders for our families as well. Like I don't, I don't think we truly understand the way in which we can can most can be most beneficial. I think we've lost right. a piece of that, and it doesn't make us any powerless or anything. Um, but I go back to to what I said in the beginning when I think at, at the end of the day when all this is settled, I love the little sweet notion that I got that I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. And that's how I feel about leadership. I'd rather have a man that will lead me because once the what, what if the money and sometimes you can just you can fall into a situation, you guys. People have lost jobs, da 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 da, and things change. Your financial situation can change in an instant. Yeah. But what if you yeah. have that man who can lead you in prayer and lead you in peace, lead you to peace when you're in a difficult situation? What if that man knows how to grab your hand and pray? Because again, silver and gold, there's no comparison when you know Jesus. When you have a creator, mm. when you understand the power of the creator, mm. who says you can move mountains with your faith, 
That silver and gold ain't going to move no mountain. You can pay somebody to go move, but how long is it going to take for them to move it? So when I think about leadership, I think about where how, where can you lead me with your leadership skills? How are you continuing to work as a husband and a man of God to perfect your leadership skills? What are your what are your spiritual gifts? Are you operating in them? Do you know the 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 fruits of the spirit? Do you operate do you understand them number 1? So a leader to me seeks God as his leader first. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it triggers down. And, and, and that that's what I was saying earlier, that you can tell a lot about someone when uh, like when tough times happen. You will learn a lot about someone when tough times happen because you have person A who when tough times happen, you know, hey, you know, it happens to the best of us. It happens, hey, I stay prayed up. You know, I there's a calm demeanor when there's a calm demeanor and there's a calm assurance. And I know that sounds weird to say that when you're in the middle of a crisis and things like that, but there is a calm demeanor and a calm assurance that you know God will get you out of this storm. So if all we need to do is do the best that we can, control what we can control, and keep the ultimate faith first and foremost. Keep praying to God. Keep saying, hey, I, God, I need you. And to me, that's it. And to have someone, because like you said, that sets the tone. If you have somebody in your family who don't know how to handle adversity and they handle adversity with just any kind of way, like, for me, uh, like, I'm just saying in general, like, having someone who knows how to take a great deal of adversity and knows how to navigate through that through the power of God, the power of prayer, and things like that, I tell you what, man, <laughs> it took me years. I'm just saying it took me years to get to that point. Maybe when I was 26, 27, to, to the point to where I can be, Come like if if situations happen like you know um, you know if tough times happen and stuff like that it would take it took me to like I was twenty seven to realize that now if there's little you know seasons that happen where it's you know not ideal and things like that like I don't even stress I don't even stress no more you know like I leave it all to God because I know and I can know I can do my part the best that I can. And control, watch control. But I have a, I have the ultimate faith in God that He makes uh, something out of nothing. Mhm. I totally agree, Nick. And that goes back to what you said earlier about letting go. And uh, you said it a few times tonight, letting go and letting God take control doesn't mean that we don't um, have have to practice some discernment before, but you know, there's still things that that take place. There's still we have to deal with ourselves. And the best the best thing that we can do is work to build who we are. And that's yep. as a leader, as whatever, is work on ourselves and work to become one with self first. Understand who you are. Understand who you don't want to be. Understand what you need to take out of that that suitcase and deal with. So that you can love and you can be loved. So that you can be that wife, so that you can be that husband, 
so that you know how to accept a man who wants, who who really desires to lead you, and you know yeah. and see working at it, and you know that you got to get on your knees to help him along, to push, to help him get up and get out and get through. So it's it's about so much. I we have another um comment that came in. It says um, this person says I'd rather have a leader. A leader will provide for his family through his willingness and disposition to lead. Conversely, one who provides may not have the inclination to lead. Personally, I want a man that values the importance of the spiritual well-being of my family above financial. That's a great one. That's a great one. So that was that was another comment that just came in. That that is a that is right there. See, again, when it comes to leader and things like we all like, I don't know what it is that we always think about the financial aspect of it, or we think about leaders as you know, um, sex. Like I I mm, I I've mm, I've heard women say that if a man it's not a leader if he doesn't always 100% always. It, it's the man's job to basically lead in bed all the time. I've heard that before. I strongly disagree. I believe there's a give and take. That's, 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 that's another conversation for another day. But anyway, when it comes to um, leading, and people always think financially. And as you mentioned earlier about, okay, what if there are tough times, right? Tough times can happen to the best of us, right? Um. The, the idea that, you know, for me, I said I want someone who, if tough times were to happen, like, I granted, I will find my way and do whatever it is, you know, you know, if I had a family and stuff like that, you know, you do what you do, right? That's setting the example. Um, but having that person to, you know, cover me through prayer, protect me through prayer. Like, like, like that stuff is like people. Un- again, it goes back to people undervaluing what that truly is. Is because there's a difference between, uh, because because there's a spiritual component to leadership that's so undervalued today. Mhm. Right. There's such a lack of respect for the structure, and I think we might have hit on that earlier. There's a lack of respect. Um, I was able to find the article that talks about um, you know, what if something happens, and it reads, it's just a short one. It's an in attempt to head off questions. Let me say that in this, in this series, we are dealing with broad principles, and there are times that the principles seem to fall short in specific circumstances. The world being what it is, there are always exceptions and sometimes tragic exceptions. When it comes to theology, it is important that we begin broad and go narrow rather than begin narrow and go broad. The broad principle here is that the husband is called to be the provider. But, of course, there are times when this cannot happen. Perhaps a husband is injured or disabled or just plain unable to find work. In such cases, the wife may be called upon to be the prelim- the primary breadwinner. In some circumstances, a man may need to defer this task to the church or the government. There may also be times when a wife has to take on provision while the husband is studying or preparing himself for another vocation. Even here, though, does not need to hand over 
leadership to his wife or to anyone else. He can still lead in this area even if circumstances prevent him from actually providing through labor of his hands. So I think that's important. I think something else they said about deferring the task to the church or the government, I don't feel that there is enough talk or discussions about male leadership or just about men being husbands. Um, I don't think that there's a brotherhood. And I'm and I don't say brotherhood, I don't mean cut by color or race or anything like that. Just where men are able to come together and share one another's burdens as they work to help each other up throughout whatever it is. I think back in the day people were more uh, available for people. If there was a need, somebody somebody could give you something. Um Right. My daughter in law talks about and I've had this happen. In, in my life as well, I was thinking about how back in the day, it just seems like food, it's just like the pots would grow, grow, grow. Like the food in the pots, like it would feed an army. If anybody has had, you know, grandmama, mama cooking and all that, and, and everybody stops by and they just keep, you, you hear, yeah, I cook, go on and get you a plate. And you just see people one after another getting getting food. Um, I think that that's because people, number one, they had they had God. I mean, I have right. sounds crazy. I have literally prayed, God, this ain't enough food. People, more people coming than I want. You need to do something here. You did it in the Bible. You need to do something here too. And you guys, we've had le- food left over. You know, right? Sounds crazy to you, but we depended on God far more back then. People de- could depend on each other far more back then. I've heard people who consider themselves poor, who are grown now, who say we didn't have anything, but my mama used to feed the neighborhood. Like, we barely had enough for us, but somehow when kids would come over and she knew that they weren't going to eat, it just seemed to be enough to go around for everybody, and we got full. And it's just, that's not happening today, and it's leaving people, men and women, confused, disconnected, feeling unworthy, like they cannot compete. So I say as we work to close, we got about five minutes, as we work to close, first and foremost, make sure you have an understanding of who you are, man or woman, husband or wife, what what is important to you. Take that to your creator. Take that to the God you serve and ask him, for guidance on who you are, whatever emotions and feelings, whatever you're going through, help me, God, to get to what you created me for. And I say you that you need to deal with you first before God. You got to have some acknowledgement of self and acceptance and love for yourself before you go to God. Because some people, like you said, Nick, they don't, they won't they they so messed up. We are so messed up. We don't know how sometimes to let God just love on us. Yeah. Just love on us. So with that being said, you guys, just this has been a great show. The last thing, define leadership, leader, and provider. And just think on it. Talk to your, if you're married, talk to your husband about it. Talk to your wife about it. Your husband, ask, am I, how am I doing? Do I lead? Do, is there anything else? that you would want me to do, that you need from me, 
And if you have, if you're a wife and you have a man who's trying to do this thing, pat him on his back and say, "You do a good job for this. We we appreciate you. We need you. We're here for you." So I'm gonna turn it over to you. Oh, oh, I need to check my because I need I need to make this announcement, you guys. And I don't know if I got the approval to do so yet, but I got the picture. We have Miss Butterfly has arrived. She is seven pounds, two ounces. Rodney and Samaria have a healthy and beautiful baby girl. Seven pounds. I've asked for the name. I actually told Tamaria last night, I was like, the baby's not going to come until y'all give her a name because she's late. And so I said, well, did you name her yet? And she's like, no. I said, well, she's not going to come if you don't give her a name. <laughs> so I don't oh, know what the name is, but she is arrived safe. Uh, she looks like a healthy baby crying and all that. So seven pounds, two ounces. Um, so Rodney will be out for a little while. And um, But we'll keep going strong. If there's someone out there that has a show topic that they'd like discussed, please let me know. Nick, you're invited back anytime, any day. Um, yeah. I'm going to hand it over to you so you could tell. We have a lot of people that came in after you announced uh, what you do, what you have going on on Sunday. So give that to our listeners. I bet. So every Sunday at uh, around 5 p.m., uh, Central Time, me and my good buddy, Lashara Quinn, uh, we uh, host a Facebook Live uh, where we just kind of pick random talk, topics to talk about. Um, it's called The Lost Art of Thinking. And uh, this this week here, which is like episode four, this week here will be, is your type, uh, first off, what is your type? And is your type either a hindrance or is it a blessing? And uh, yeah, please tune into that because we both have some very uh, insightful uh, information on that and drawn from kind of, you know, personal experience and stuff like that. So if you get a chance, tune in. Of course, it will be archived and things like that. If you can't, watch it on your own. Uh, definitely, But definitely feel free to watch it, though. Okay, okay. Anything else going on, um, Nick? Anything coming home soon? Any announcements, any programs, any so <clears throat> I will be hosting um, this Deaf Comedy Jam Tour, D-E-A-F, around all the nursing homes here in uh, Davidson County. And so I'm just joking. Cause I, I'm just joking on that, though. But uh, oh. I'll be home. I didn't want to be your head. <laughs> so, so Deaf Comedy Jam, because, you know, old people can't hear Deaf, so, like, yeah. So, <laughs> um, oh wow! Go with the so, joke. <laughs> so uh, no, seriously, I will be home um, Thanksgiving. Um, one of my goals in li- one of my goals for 2019, I was I want to create a platform um, where I want to do just kind of talking about my experiences as a man, growing and evolving as a man, and sharing them with you. So that's some of my visions for 2019. Um, so I'm I'm very excited about that. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, you guys, Nick, thank you again. I will work to listen on um, Sunday. And like I said, please share it on the page, and I'll share it out as well. But, again, thank okay. you for doing the show with me tonight. It was 
just just a pleasure to have you on. And so with that being said, to all of our listeners and callers who participated, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, we could not do this without you. So, right. And with that, Nick, thanks again. Everybody have a... No problem. But I know